So, a few things in light of the burning bush. You like my little nuance there? In light of the burning bush, of God's call upon Moses' life, um, his doubts are highlighted. His self-doubt is highlighted right there in front of God and everybody for all the generations to see. Over thousands of years, people have been reading the story of Moses, and they have been reminded that even the greatest of God's servants had some doubts in their life. Not doubt in God, but doubt in their self or their own abilities. And I would imagine you have crossed that bridge or faced that challenge sometime in your life. Have you or have you not? I think it's safe to say. Most of us have, and if not, we probably aren't quite as humble about it as Moses was as honest with God as he was about it. Uh, a famous quote that I found about self-doubt was from Vincent Van Gogh, and you know the artist and, and how um, conflicted he was in heart and spirit and, and yet cranked out these marvelous paintings that the art world has still just marveled at since he's been gone. He wrote one time that if you hear a voice within you saying you cannot paint something, then by all means go ahead and paint something because it's the only way that that voice will be silenced. He had self-doubt about what he had within him. And he knew if he would just, just go with it and have faith that it would come out, that tremendous things would happen. God has cast upon Moses here a tremendous job, has he not? A tremendous calling on his life. Now, I know we get caught up in the burning bush, and how did that happen? But Moses has a tremendous job at hand that God is calling him to do. Go to Pharaoh, back where you are a wanted man for murder. Go back to the house in which you were raised under the man who provided for you and trained you, Pharaoh. And go back to his son and confront him about these practices that are hurtful to my people, painful to my people, the Hebrews. Moses doesn't much want to do it, does he? Maybe it is that his doubts are a way for him to try to get out of something he doesn't want to do because God's call a lot of times is just plain uncomfortable to us whenever God puts it in your heart to to confront someone because they've hurt someone else? Is that not a difficult and uncomfortable thing to do? Moses was just keeping sheep out in Midian. Everything was good and fine. He was in good with his father-in-law. And boom, God appeared and called him to do something that he did not anticipate or ever plan to do again, to go back to Egypt and to confront Pharaoh and Pharaoh's court. Five excuses Moses gave throughout their narrative that I read for you. Did you hear them? I'll put them in plain and simple English for you. First, I'm not good enough to go and do this, God. And don't we sometimes think that we're underqualified or maybe we don't have the words to say what it is that needs to be said? Maybe we don't have the compassion to go where God calls us to go and and maybe we just think, I don't have the skills and the abilities. 
not a worthy excuse, God shows us. Second excuse of Moses, I don't have all the answers. What if people question who God is and why God called me and who am I supposed to tell them it is? Maybe you're confused about your, your faith in such a way that you can't verbalize it or explain it, and yet God calls you by his love to go and be a light shining into the world and point the way to him. And in doing so, he'll provide the answers to all who seek him out. Third excuse of Moses, people might not believe me. I may say who God is that calls me to come and set them free, but what if they think, well, is he just making this up? Could it be that just Moses is trying to, to be a big shot instead? Don't ever worry about your faith. If God calls you to do something welling up in your heart to go and to address a need that is for God's good, don't worry about whether people call into question your faith. Fourth excuse of Moses, I'm a terrible public speaker. That's the greatest fear of Americans. Did you know that? I saw it in a poll one time. About 10% of Americans say they feel good about public speaking. And yet God provided a way for Moses' words to get out and to be said. Verbal is not the only way that God calls us to speak his word into the world. Fifth excuse of Moses, I'm not qualified. Could you please find someone else more qualified than me? Moses had been educated in Pharaoh's court and had plenty of training and education and skill. And yet he doubted whether God had prepared him for, for what was about to come, what God called him to do. All of us are going to doubt when we follow God's call in our life whether we can really do it. But let me ask you, does that really matter whether we can really do it or not? Because this story is not about a man who is able to do things on his own, but it is rather about a God who equips him to do something great for God. God doesn't call those who are equipped, but rather God equips those who he calls and who are faithful and obedient to his call to go and to share the good news of his love and to confront those things that are wrong. God does not call those that are perfectly educated and have it all together, but instead people like you and me who just try our best and allow God to dwell within us, and he gives us the ability to do what it is that he calls us to do. Now, that's one of the things that I love about mission trips, and we had a great time this last week, and I don't want to take anything away from the team because... Either next Sunday or the one after that, we're going to have a little bit of sharing time during the service about it. But one thing that I love about taking mission teams away to go and serve others who cannot help themselves is that people learn new skills and abilities when we go to do that. And that's true anytime you step out in faith and you do something uncomfortable and you say yes to God when you're not sure about yourself, God teaches you something about yourself and shows you an ability that you have that you may not have even known about or had not yet developed. 
I saw some amazing things happen this past weekend. Our youth who who uh, were sawing with saws, wood, even with open-toed shoes like Noah, as the safety expert said, you shall not saw with open-toed shoes. They, they put a toilet in a bathroom that I think would hold an elephant because it was so secure. Amazing paint job in this house that this woman's stuff had been stored in tents since the floods came through so many months ago. Skills and abilities rose up out of need because people stepped out and said, I will go, God where you are calling us to go and where we are being sent. It seems like whenever we follow where it is that God's heart is broken to go and help those who are hurting, God enables us and equips us for every good work. He gives us spiritual gifts as well. We got to meet the homeowner this past week, the woman whose house it was came by Friday as we were working there on the side and and she had such great joy in her heart and, and eyes and voice meeting all of the, the youth and our volunteers that were there. And just the, the great, tremendous blessing that she called us was something that I think our youth really responded to and were uplifted by. The simple gift of conversation and thanking someone for being a, a for uh, calling them a blessing is a spiritual gift that came about. You led our worship services in the evening with the music in a way that I had never seen before. They read the devotions in the morning times and, and had devotions at night as well. God equips those who are faithful to his call instead of always calling those that are qualified and educated and equipped already. Do you hear that, that Moses was called through the burning bush, and yet all of us are called as faithful followers of Jesus Christ to go out into the world and to make a difference and to shine his light and to show his love? And if we will do that, he will give us everything that we need in order to make it happen. Did you notice the gifts that God gave to Moses, the, the staff that turned into a snake to to grab the attention of the Pharaoh and the people, the, the leprous hand to show the power of God working in him, pouring the, the water upon the ground and it turning into blood to, to show that, that God was on Moses' side. Every turn along the way that Moses will face with Pharaoh in the weeks to come that we talk about, God will give to him the power and the gifts and the equipment he needs to do the job. Are you so willing? And are you so open to God working in you that you would step out in faith and allow him to show that to you? I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, where he said, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. And I thought of Moses and thought of this passage so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in the insults and in the hardships and in the persecutions and in the difficulties for, 
of his faith and of his ministry. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. God equips those he calls. And the last and final thing is that glory and power of God are seen when we are willing to accept that call and answer what it is that God calls us to do. You notice that the name of God was was lifted up to Moses when he asked, who am I going to say sent me and how are they going to believe me? He said, tell them I am sent you. But then he goes on and he repeats three times in this passage to tell them that the Lord of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, three times he says, tell them that that is the God who is sending you. Because the Hebrews, though they were cast in slavery and had lost all hope, they still clung to that promise that said that their God that made a promise with Abraham generations back, their father, would fulfill that promise and take them to a place flowing with milk and honey. They had lost hope, and to that, God said, Moses, go and tell them that I am the God of their fathers, the God who does not forsake his children and does not fall silent on his promises. Do we believe in the power and the glory of God to to work within us in such a way that God would see, that people would see God that, that loves all of the world, the God of Jesus Christ, our Father in heaven. I love the, uh, the story of one day when Moses and Jesus end up playing golf together. Have you heard this joke? I got a lot of comments last week about my, um, my burning bush joke with Moses in the airport and President George Bush seeing him and addressing him. This is about, about Moses and Jesus playing golf one day, and, and as they do at golf courses regularly, they want people to play in foursomes so that the play moves along pretty quickly, and so, so they're paired with a, another uh, couple, and they start to play together, and some amazing things happen because, of course, we're talking about Moses and Jesus, right? So Moses um, drives the ball, and it goes, and, and as it, it approaches um, the pond, about halfway down the fairway, suddenly the waters part as the ball is falling to plunge in and it bounces off of the solid ground and continues on towards the hole. Pretty impressive, right? Yes. Then Jesus gets up and, and he drives the ball and a, a little more amazing thing happens uh, as he tees up and does a pretty, pretty good drive. He comes towards the same water hazard, and, and the ball just stops above the water and as if it's walking on it, and it hovers above it. And then it rolls over to the edge of the pond, and then suddenly, uh, suddenly it pops up off the lip of the, the pond, and it goes even closer to the green than Moses did. And then behind them, a uh, couple of uh, guys that they were paired with third golfer gets up and he tees off and he, he whacks the ball, he slices it. It is a terrible, terrible drive. And, and it goes out, not just off of the fairway, but, but out of the course over the fence 
Uh, and it, it bounces off a building that's across the street and bounces back over. And, and it lands on the, the golf hut there that they have for greenskeepers. And, and the ball rolls to the gutter, and it comes down the gutter, and, and it rolls out the downspouts, heading towards the green. And suddenly, out of nowhere, this bald eagle comes swooping down and with its talons grabs the ball and gives one of those primal calls, and goes to the green and drops the ball directly into the hole. And Moses looks at Jesus and said, I hate it when your father plays golf with us. <laughs> and the whole point is that as great as Moses was, there is one that stands behind him greater, greater than Moses. And he is the God, the Father of Jesus, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, and he has the power to, to do all things, even free those that are oppressed. Do we have the faith to believe that our God is powerful enough to help us overcome all things that this world can throw at us? Don't give up on God, because God is, is able and willing to heal your brokenness, if you will trust him. And God has the, the power and the strength to deliver you from whatever bondage you may be in and struggling with, even if you doubt it. And God has the, the audacity and desire to just overwhelm you with his grace, his ultimate forgiveness of your sins, and to set you free from, from the guilt that you struggle with. Our God, the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob that, that comes to us through Jesus Christ has the ability to provide all things that we need in life and to point out to us the needs of others and call us to a greater purpose through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are we willing to listen? Do we believe that he will equip us for every good deed that he calls us to? Because when we do... His power and glory are displayed in a way that, that the world will only be able to look at and say, my God, who in the world did that? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the humanness of this great servant Moses. And let us look beyond our doubts and our excuses, God. Quit doing what it is that you call us to do every day. Lord, open our eyes and our ears to see where the needs are that lie ahead in the week to come. And let us simply trust you and say yes and know that you will provide everything that we need. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.